Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the your company name here. Studios in Cape Coral, Florida. It's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up? What's up? What's up? OG5. I hope the mother reppers can hear me. Holy shit, the studio's on fire almost, I think. <sighs> it's been one of those days. Thank you we so much, man. We don't need no water. I, at this point, I wish I would have got like a palm tree or something. I shouldn't have put the hurricane shut up on this room. I could have got a nice palm tree through the window and wiped out all my equipment and got it replaced. That would have been fucking nice. <sighs> After two... We're thinking it was all the salt water because of your scenery, which is I'm on the opposite side of the same tree, apparently. Yeah, apparently. You know, we hey, did. At least I'm not shorter than you this time. You know, we did have 16 days during Ian plus 18 days worth of Irma, where we had no electricity and humidity and oh all that God. crap. And just anyhow, <laughs> I just want to just ah. Uh, you want to go fishing? Don't you? I just want to jump off a fishing. fucking bridge. How are you guys doing? Better than you, apparently. Yeah, really. <sighs> Actually, I did have a um, please a historical board meltdown at work last week. It's like, t- tell me any of your problems. Yeah, please <laughs> go ahead and talk while I load up the TikTok question of the week that I recorded but didn't have a chance to load into the system because you know computer yeah, failure and everything else. I got I got loud and I got evidently threatening. I got written up, which is quite embarrassing, especially um, your age. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm going sir, to get your shit, shit right together. I, well, that's the problem. I'm trying to get my shit together, but my body doesn't want to cooperate. And it's, uh, as we know, it was no secret as on TRT. Well, I have to be off of it now. And I was told that I seemed oddly aggressive the last several months. And <laughs> I told him what was going on and said, yep, I nailed it. So, uh, you know, I said, well, now I'm on a downward slope. So, uh, I literally, uh, after I had that blow up, texted Katina and said, I just had the mother of all mood swings, you know, and uh, not cool. If I don't lose my job, I'll be lucky. <laughs> just get and, some bonbons uh, and a blanket and go home. Oh, and... oh, dude, it was, yeah. Yep, it's one of those, uh, one, yeah. And it's, it's funny it's you say that because prior to the show and part of the argument I was having with my child, we were talking, I was using a, um example when we went to the water park, Sunsplash last weekend, there was a nice white trash couple in the parking lot screaming at each other <laughs> because, you know, she thought he was doing something in the water park he shouldn't have been doing instead of fighting in the car or at home you mean, like a decent... Googling other ladies? I don't know. He claimed he went to go talk to a fellow that he worked with, but, you know, he's like getting up in a grill. Like, it got to the point, like, yeah, all the dudes in the line were like, like looking at him. Like, they had to call security or they're like screaming in front of kids, like right in front of the... Like when you go through the water park, there's a bench area off to the right where maybe you want to go yeah. get your last butt in for the day. And they were just over there gotcha. screaming, fr- yelling. And it's just like, like there's fucking kids here, you white trash fucks. It's, it's, and I was, I was explaining to her as example. I said, do those sound, do those look like adults or do they look like a bunch of white trash? I said, that's not the way adults act in public. You got to control. And it is, your- and, and I was very unprofessional myself. I just. I, I don't know what happened. It was weird, um, but it, it was not cool. And, you know, I'm making some apologies. I'm actually going to have a meeting on, uh, later this week to just do that because... you got to go down HRD. Huh? 
What's that? We got to go down to HRD. Well, the HR is our uh, management staff or officer. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, it just kind of snapped into maybe sometimes we don't. And this is, I think, a lesson for all of us. Sometimes we don't realize how we're coming off to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, you try, we try to, we try to, to do the best we can. And sometimes there's extenuating circumstances where, you know, it's kind of like the old thing when somebody who's always had a problem with their attitude says, well, I'm doing better. And it's like, we're not allowed to make that judgment on ourselves because mm-hmm. or about ourselves because we only see from within. We're not seeing from the external side of us. Yeah. I mean, unless you and, work uh, good. This was actually a, a good lesson for me, a very hard one, a very humbling one. But, uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to embrace it and, and use it to make myself better and, and make sure that never happens again. You know, uh, you know, that's kind of, kind of it, uh, is more like my old school, early twenties fits of tantrum almost, except with a little more, let's go in this parking lot and I'll take care of it. Not a band fits the, in the tantrums. Yes, they are. The fits in the tantrums <laughs> are a good band. Uh, anyway, so that was that. And then I found out I inadvertently was behind and then passing a big time YouTuber on was my way into the... Dallas, on my way into Florida. When I saw the video of this vehicle he bought, I'm like, well, shit, there's only one of those around, especially in Northern Texas. I was going to say, time. was it the floral patterns on the back window that gave it away? No, it was the one, it was a short bus converted to, it was the trailer hitch set up on the back With behind the generators it. and the two tires. Exactly. And I thought Katina may have taken a picture because she thought it was, she said something about it when we saw it. She goes, what is that? I said, oh yeah, people convert school buses all the time into campers. I said, but that one's interesting because it's got the back, you know, that basically like you'd put on a hitch on the back of a truck for a scooter, except it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's two inches deep tube steel around it or actually it's deeper but kind of the same deal with um hold on with uh with uh, the generator and some tires and shit in it so i had to and for those of you interested what gordon is talking about is the um matt from demolition ranch bought a short bus that was converted by some dude with a lot of a lot of irish wood paneling very reminiscent of trailers back then. Now, the I have to admit, he, he gave the bus a name. Mm-hmm. What was it? I don't remember. Special Ed. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why. I'll just have to boost it later. The sound recording on my level over here is, is super You're low. dropping off a little. Yeah, well. This is live time, real time podcasting. Well, it's dropping off on your end. I don't know if it's dropping off for the audience. I guess I could go to YouTube and turn up the volume and talk a little bit and find out. But um, it, it went real hot for like half a second too. It's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's so. You got a gremlin in there. You need to kill. I uh, just need to. You may have a couple of them. Blow it all up. Talk, talk, talk. Hmm. Invest in one of them podcasts in a box. Um. But yeah, so what's going on, Mike? You uh, you look um, baby-faced today. I am baby-faced. Yeah, you asked uh, if I lost a bet. No, I didn't. I uh, I lost every... a bet with myself. Yeah. I uh, Every once in a while, I like to change it up. And Scorched it... earth, huh? 
it, yeah, I mean, it had been growing out for a while, and I was like, hmm, fuck this, I'm over it. He's got to justify ah, that lifelong. Go. He's got to justify that lifelong prescription to uh, Dollar Shave Club. So every once in a while, you got to take the razor to your face. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we cut off our Dollar Shave Club. I just got more in the mail. Well, you know they're owned by Unilever now, so it's not even the small company. I mean, that don't matter to me. It's the price and the fact that, you know, the ladies use it to shave their legs. Obviously, I don't use it except for occasionally, but they, you know, they benefit from having them delivered to the house because their leg and armpit shaving activities. Yeah, we uh, we cut ours off because our, our shipments wasn't making it here, which is probably not on so them, That's probably your honest. postman and not so much to find people a dollar shave club. <laughs> Maybe there's a postman who has the executive razor handle at home and... Hey, look what I found. Yeah, they sent me a new one like after six years. I got another handle in the mail. My other one's all gnawed up. And Yeah, we got about six months before we have to make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not real. Um... I was going to say, you can always pause it instead of dumping it completely. No, we dumped it. It was a uh, not anger on my part this time around, but it was an anger on some other party's part. Said we're done with it. So well, I mean, if, if your mailman's we'll stealing try Harry's it, next. Let's say if your mailman's <laughs> stealing it, then it's definitely a problem. What's interesting? It seems like Walmart's starting to carry a lot of these um, formerly subscription service companies. Well, that's because when the subscription, like Dollar Shave Club, was like the first one, and now everybody and their grandmother has one. There's Harry's and this and that, and so it's like, well, now we got to change the the model. We're no longer well, niche. One of them I was going to talk about was Dr. Squatch. Okay. Have you ever seen their commercials for their all-natural soap? Yeah. Very reminiscent Pretty of the original Dollar Shave Club commercials. Well, I was wandering by the health and beauty aisle in my local Walmart. Looked over at an end cap. I said, holy shit, Dr. Squatch soap. I've always wanted to try it, but it's eight bucks a bar. Yeah. $5.35. I said, I think I'll give it a try. That's a gift to keep some giving, Clark. So what I've noticed between them and Black Rifle, because they the largest, I guess, the largest coffee launch in their history over there at Walmart, they don't have all the blends that you get on the coffee club, but the price is the same, if not better. Now, since we're bringing up coffee companies and, uh, you know, we're all part of the Digital 410 Network, if we're going to have a free plug to uh, Black Rifle Company, I just want to give a plug to the fine people at Warbird Coffee. They have provided us with a bag of the... P51 Mustang, which has a horsepower level two. So this is like the moderate, you know, regular work day. And then we got the uh, P47 coffee, which has a uh, horsepower of max. That's going to be your, I got to stay up late and get shit done. And what we're going to do, Patreon members, it don't matter if you listen to this podcast, Fail to Fail, Mike's podcast, or What's the Scuttlebutt, um, this month or maybe next month, we're going to be giving away, well, this month's going to So anyhow, within the next couple of weeks, we're going to be giving away these two packs of coffee along with... Hey, what's the scuttlebutt? Obviously, because these are World War II themed coffees. To one select member of Patreon, and that's all you got to do to be entered. Is it don't matter if you have the dollar month, the three dollar fifty cents a month, or the seven fifty. Go to d-410.com or what's in your head.com. Sign up for Patreon, and sometime next month we're going to pick a name and we're going to do the first giveaway. You're going to win a coffee mug and two packs of Warbird coffee. Thanks to the fine people at Warbird, located in England for supporting the uh, show and providing the first official prize for the Digital 410 Media Patreon prize pack. That's a lot of P's in that punctual situation. Did, did you see the article about all current airworthy B-17s may be grounded? Yeah, I saw that the other day. 
Well, it's pro- partially because of the the air show debacle that happened. Which wasn't the B-17's fault, I thought. I no. thought it was one of the, uh, t- was it Typhoon? One of the Typhoon pilots' fault? The unofficial fault, because we talked a little bit, because Jeff was there. Jeff's best son's best friend was the last, amongst the last group of civilians to ride that plane right before it crashed. And he was in his oh, full shit. German outfit. He has video of it. He, t- he has a GoPro video of him riding and that being the last group to actually go up. They landed, cleared all civilians out. The show started. They went up and then crashed. Is this one you've seen in person before? Um, possibly. I can't remember. I've seen so many of them. The unofficial like scuttlebutt amongst the the people in the community. I didn't know this, and we have been to a lot of um, air shows. Those recreations, while they're going on, that's actually being directed in real time by the flight control officer in the tower. Yeah. He says, okay, P-47, start your maneuver. Okay, B-17, start your maneuver. But looking at the, not blaming him, some people are, but looking at the video to me, the way the, um, it wasn't a P-47, I forget what it was. It was a less. A typh- was it? A ty- I keep wanting to call it a typhoon. but It was a lesser known to the general public. Nomenclature, but yeah. It looked to me like it suffered mechanical failure because the thing just kind of made a beeline, made no effort it's, to move and just literally cut the thing in half. Like you see in movies, you've seen those movies where like a German plane or P 47 gets shot down and it just cuts the, the, the rear end off that. That's exactly what it, it literally cut the tail end off that thing. And it just plummeted to the earth. I mean, and a lot of people who've not seen aircraft like that, those things really are tin cans. Oh, absolutely. They are literally tin cans. I wish I had my podcast about 15 years ago. One of my clients was deaf because he was a pilot and those things had no insulation. And he was telling me he was always yelling at his landscapers for not wearing air protection when they're running their weed eaters. He's like, they don't, they don't understand. He said, but I'm, I'm, you know, at the time he's like 85. He said, I'm almost completely deaf because I was flying planes in World War II and they had no insulation. It was just there. And so it does greatly affect one's hearing. I want to give you guys an update. I really, I want to say the name of the roofing company because when it was all said and done, they did a fantastic job. It was done quickly. But because of the craziness involved, I'm not going to say their name because I don't want people to say it, take it wrongly because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm happy with the results. But this just goes with the long line of insane things women deal with when it comes to service, people doing their jobs, and just the weird shit that I've been dealing with when it comes to commercial environments. So I finally got... My insurance money, got a roofer. They they came out. They're the only roofing company that actually physically came out and walked my property. Now, I will say they were driving by going door to door, but even the rest of them went door to door. They just use Eagle View, which is basically Google Maps. It measures out your roof, and they send you a quote. Right. He, he's the only one actually walked a property, visually inspected, and he gave me two quotes, one with gutters and one without gutters. Obviously, I want to go without gutters because I don't want to pay for gutters. It was an extra two grand just for the front. I only have gutters on the front of my house. There's an extra like 2500 on the overall build charge. And so I got kind of excited when I saw my neighbor's houses get done. They didn't take their gutters out. Now, he told me, well, you have what's called stake through gutters, which is exactly as it sounds. You have a gutter, and they just drive a stake all the way through from the front, through the inside, through the back, into the heading of your of your system. Also known as the Dracula gutter. So can you not hear You're me? making shit up over here. What's that? Can you not hear you're, me? You're in and out, man. It's... Well, it's let's not. just suffer through it because now you're on. the you're audio perfect. just suffer through it because it affects YouTube, but the the downloadable format people hear it just fine because it's being recorded locally. So, okay. on YouTube video, I'm sorry if the audio sucks. 
I'll try to overlay it with, but anyhow, back to the story. Um, now you're, now you're in full time. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, they came out on Friday or mm-hmm. last week, last Wednesday, they, they put the construction dumpster in my driveway. Oh, it's a big ass trailer, but essentially acted as construction dumpster. They came out on, no, that was on Tuesday. They came out, shoveled all the shingles off, put down the new tar paper. It rained the next day. And then they took a day off so it would dry out. And then they came out and uh, Carrie came home. The shingles were up. The old gutters were still on. I'm like, sweet. Saved $2,500. And she sent me a picture of something weird on top of my roof. I'm like, what the? She's like, what is that? I'm like, it looks like a vent. She's like, I wasn't there before. And I'm looking at my YouTube video that I posted when our shingles flew off. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't there before. So I called the roofing company. To give me some credit, you know, the thing is, oh, you got to be watching out for scammers and hurricanes and general contractors and people get scammed, scammed, you know, and there was Always nothing. check in- the contractor's board. Is Florida the same way as Nevada where you could go in, you could check the contractor's board by checking their license status? Yeah, so I looked at the quote and there was nothing in there for a extra vent. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't quite tell from the photo because it looked like maybe they left a lot. Maybe, left, maybe it was just extra supply. They weren't completely done. So I send him a photo. I say, hey, what's this? That's a roof vent. Airs out your attic. I said, I know what a roof vent is, but wasn't there before, and no one asked me to approve it. And he came back, fucking super honest, super professional. He said, look, look, your house had rafter vents or ridge vents. He said, but the shape of your roof and the size of your, your house, your ridge vents were not enough to properly cool your house. They were not adequate. They weren't adequate, large enough to cool the attic space in your house. We went ahead and put the roof fence in. No additional cost. It's already built Fuck into yeah. the cost. Your attic will cool properly, i.e. my house will cool properly. And cool, good to go. Not a Bob problem. Drunk. Fantastic, great work. They Thanks, come. Bob. Monday morning comes. Knock on the door at 530 in the morning. Dogs barking. What the fuck's going on? I was parked out in the yard. Carrie was parked in the driveway in front of the, the dumpster. Well, they came at 5.30 in the morning to get the trailer. And it's raining out. So I put on some shorts. I run out in the rain. I hop in the, the rental Nissan Altima, back it out in the driveway. And I'm like, there's no reason for me to get out, run in the rain, come out, move the car back up. So when she goes to work, she don't have to walk in the rain. I'm just going to sit in the car, wait for this guy to back up, hook up this trailer, and get the fuck out of here. After all, this guy clearly does this every day. How long could this possibly take? Well, let me just say, somebody whose job it is to pick up and drop off trailers, he pulled that truck in and out my driveway eight times before he's finally getting ready to get that hitch hooked up. You must have just hired him. Maybe he got moved up from roofing to the delivery guy. The occasional boater, I understand, but somebody who's dropping and picking off trailers, part of their job, it should be a little more. Hey, man, everybody's got to start somewhere. So he, he finally pulled off. I pulled in. Good to go. That was Monday. Come home Tuesday, everything's, I mean, come home Monday afternoon, all the constru- all the tools, everything's gone, no, no other than the sign in my yard, no signs of, got a nice shingled roof, nice moldy gutters, it didn't cost Another me extra. quality product by... Downspouts are still on the ground, because I got to buy new straps from when they're ripped off, but I got that. <laughs> Tuesday morning, go to work, everything's cool. Downspout, that would be a good name for a punk band. Get a call from Carrie. Thought the roofing was done. Oh, it is. Thought we didn't have to pay for gutters. Oh, we don't. There's two people here tearing our gutters down. <laughs> what? 
call the roofing company, put them on speakerphone, because me and Josh at work have been experienced joys of insane, just weird shit happening on customer services, and I wanted Josh to experience the glory of this conversation. Talk to the guy. Um, explain to me how the uh, gutter replacement works if I need them or not. Because I already sent them a text, and he already sent me a new invoice without the gutters on it. With the payment I already made, here's the updated. We've been making payments. Already paid the 30 Started paying a second 30 Sent me an updated minus the $2,400. Well, Mr. Abernathy, as I told you before, <laughs> kind of annoyed. But there's a point to this. We come, take off the shingles, take off the tar paper, inspect the drip ledge if there's any damage any rot we have to replace the drip ledge which tucks down behind the gutter so in that case the gutters have to come off you have stake through gutters when you take gutters off they're essentially glorified beer cans once you take them off they don't go back up they get wrinkled they create you know obviously not a big deal mm-hmm. put the new drip ledge on put on the shingles put up the new gutter job's done I said, okay, cool. My shingles have been up since Friday. You guys picked up your construction dumpster. Job's done. Absolutely. And I feel bad for this part, but I couldn't help it. I said, well, then why the fuck do I got two guys on my house tearing my gutters down? He's like, what? I said, yeah, I just got a call from the house. There's two guys at my house tearing the gutters down. So he calls them, calls back, said it was a scheduling issue. Don't worry about it. It ain't going to cost you any issue. We'll pay for it. I said, well, the good news is for you guys, I only have gutters on the front, so you're not bu- eating the entire house re-guttering cost. And he made a comment about me cussing at him. Oh, he, boy. He said, you know, I, I don't appreciate you cussing at me. And I said, well, to be fair, I didn't cuss at you. Dude, I, you I, work I used... in construction and contracting. That's well, kind of on. day I, in, day I, out. I, I said, to be fair, I didn't cuss at you. I used the F word in our conversation about two guys at my fucking house tearing my gutters down. And he said something along like, oh, well, it's been happening a lot lately. I'm just tired of it. So I apologized. I sent him a text message. Maybe you need to get your shit together. Well, that's why I told Josh I got the phone. So if other people are cussing at you, maybe you need to get your crew's heads out of their asses. But so I, I got nice shingles, looked great. Got upgraded to some roof gutter uh, vents and then my attic cools <laughs> appropriately and got mystery new gutter. So all in all, why it was all we... said and done. Everything worked out fine. But why? Why do we lose money on these jobs? But it's why just are like we money on these jobs. It's just like one of these weird things. And now, so I fa- built fifty percent into this job because of the situation out there, and I'm still losing money. So fast forward to today, Gordon. You write up quotes. You order shit. I don't order shit, thank God, but I do write up quotes. You have a guy who orders shit. Yes, we do. When I get quotes and I look for parts, I have a procedure I go through, and that is remove the check mark from fucking the back order and remove the check mark from refurbished. I want brand new computers that are in fucking stock. Got somebody a quote about a month ago on uh, 3-17-2023. I ordered a nice Surface Pro laptop. Got an email eight or nine days later, said it was on back order. Well, that sucks. Let me know when it comes in. I get an email. 52 weeks, sir. I get an email this morning. Good news is the Surface Pro's in. Great. Bad news is your wholesale cost was $1,200. It's now 15 Oh, yeah. What's it got to do with me? I already paid for this thing. It's called inflation, sir. Apparently, I didn't pay for it. It's only good for 10 days. Well, I paid for it. I went online and ordered it, put in my credit card number, and far as I knew, I paid for this fucking laptop that was on back order. P.O.'s been cut, payment's been issued. No, the order was put on hold because it wasn't in stock. That price was based off of a manufacturer discount, 
and now they want the extra $300 for the fucking yeah, thing. You all get to eat it. Rob just pulled the whole order. Well, so I said that, and I was told they were going to look into something, and then I had another issue with the same vendor, a bigger issue. I don't know how this happens. Um, you guys have business networks. Business networks have firewalls on them. These firewalls include software, licensing, other services, extended warranties, a yada, that a asshole that breaks into my computer from the other side at the most inconvenient time of my day. We have a customer. It's one of the biggest customers in a particular, one of the biggest chain of type medical officers in the entire state of Florida. They have 43 devices. Mm-hmm. It took three months, got him a quote to renew the services on all 43 of these devices that came to a grand total of about $32,000. Ordered it, processed the order, mm-hmm. rolled out the order. Somehow, the people at the vendor somehow, who put the order for this particular brand through a department that handles this brand, I don't know, because it's such a large order and there's 43 serial numbers that has to be put into this order and activated, if they had my serial numbers on a word pad and someone else's serial numbers on another word pad, somehow one of my devices got left off and a different one was put on. Now, this wasn't a different in serial numbers between somebody hit a two instead of a three. The last six octets were completely fucking different. So now, basically, my client paid a couple of grand to activate someone else's shit. And so I'm trying to figure out, so hey, they fucked up their copy and paste, did they? This has got to get fixed. So I put in a request for a manager. Okay, we'll have, we'll have somebody call you back shortly. They're on a sales meeting. Fantastic. Now, rewind three weeks ago. My boss was at a MSP brainstorming convention in Orlando and met a manager for this particular vendor. I'm going to use a different word name because we want to, you know, not call him out. We're going to use the name of Frank Richardson. This guy's name's Frank Richardson, and Jeff, uh, b- my boss emailed me. said, hey, I met this guy named Frank Richardson. Email him this debacle with the serial numbers. He said he'll get down to it. Two days later, he said he's looking into it. Haven't heard anything since. So my boss puts a phone call into Frank Richardson. Says, hey, give me a call. We need to look into this. Ten minutes later, the phone rings. Josh Hanson says, hey, person from this vendor's on. Frank Frank Richardson, or Frank's on the phone. So Joe, hey, uh. Richardson, Mr. Richardson, how's it going? That's Richards. What? Yeah, it's Mr. Richards. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Frank. No, it's Franklin. Huh? Okay. So you know what this call is about? I have no idea. Long story short, there's a manager at this company named Frank Richardson, and they have a new employee that they had call us whose name is Franklin Richards. (laughs) And I explained to him, I said, one of y'all are going to have to start going by your middle name. Yeah. I said... I said so. I, I said so. Your name's Franklin Man, Frank Richards. Frank is short for Franklin, anyway. So come he, on. Let's so go. he called. He said, "Well, my name's Franklin Richards." I said, "You're not Frank Richardson." No, last name's Richards. I said, "Well, there's somebody there by name." And he, he's like, "Well, I be there is a supervisor here by the name of Frank Richards, but I'm Franklin Richardson." It's like, our... so anyhow, I was like, how weird is fucking that? Right. And so now I'm waiting for Frank R- Franklin Richards to get a hold of Franklin Richardson to get this thing sorted out. It's like. <laughs> Oh, between the roofing company, this, and the other crazy crap that I talked about last week or the week before with commerce problems, it's like, what in the hell is going on in the world with commerce problems? It's just like, can I just get something done? 
No, it's not allowed anymore. And by the way, when you come back to me and say the whole serial debacle, I need to file an RMA, the fuck I do. Uh, your department A, who sent the job to department B, you need to sort that out between yourselves. You need to fix it. That's not my deal. I didn't order something to return it. You guys fucked up your copy and paste on a serial number, so sort that out yourselves. But uh, that's some of the, the craziness I'm going through. So uh, I think last week, Gordon and I talked about cars and whatnots, and we are talking about how some of the electric car company, I think it was Nissan, was telling people don't buy EVs for the E, but buy it for the V, I mean, because the truth's coming out about how much environmental impact it takes to create electronic vehicles. So now Nissan's getting smart and saying, well, we're not going to be able to sell the environmental aspect, but we can sell the performance hey, aspect. Hey, Don, mm -hmm. do you like the power that comes out of that V8 burning all those dead dinosaurs? Mm-hmm. Well, you ought to see the power you can get out of this electric car that's killed a lot of slaves in the Congo yeah, right? for its batteries. Yeah, fucking child labor. It's more power. Well, exactly. Well, I, I saw this video on TikTok today that came out of like some Chicago state congress meeting or something. It's a bunch of Chicagoan or Illinoisan-based politicians that's... I was surprised to see, because it sounds like to me, somebody in Illinois has some brains behind them. No. And now for the What's in Your left. Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. Each electric vehicle battery for, just so we're clear on the scale of the issue, each electric vehicle battery for a heavy-duty truck weighs 8,000 pounds. And you need at least two of them. So we're talking the weight of, you know, four or five cars. And... Our, my friends and peers in the industry nationwide who have tried to make efforts to put in, say, hey, I'm going to convert a dozen forklifts to electric, or I want to tee up a facility for 30 electric trucks. There's no power. The utilities come back, the cities come back and say, is this some kind of joke? One friend tried to put in, in Illinois, a, uh, a facility, tee it up for 30 trucks electrification. The city came back and said, this is some kind of joke. You're asking for more draw than the entire city requires. And just to give you an idea, 30, 50 trucks, that's like a five, six megawatt application. The factory that makes the trucks is a two megawatt factory. And this has been the What's in so Your Head podcast, TikTok like, lesson well, the of the week. Is, and there's, the only issue I have with that is usually not the city or the county that says it, it's the electrical utility. Yeah, because they're the, they're the ones who know. Our, but they're, yeah, but they're, the, they're private. They're not public. But it's just crazy to me that we grew up in a time where we thought our politicians knew what the fuck they're talking about. But clearly nowadays they don't. And it's we... all about the message mm -hmm. and the narrative of the day. It damn, facts be damn. We will have to ignore those inconvenient truths. Oh, that's odd. It's that's a weird slogan. I think it's yeah, originally going to be called I'm brick in a toilet. Dead huh. children, not enough electricity. What are you going to do with all those batteries when they go bad? They cost about $30,000 replace a battery on a Tesla. But the fact that you have... That's why I'm glad. I... Hold on. Toyota's pushing the hydrogen car, and they're actually going to have it back out on the market. Nice. It's just Super crazy. Better. We hear, you know, California, oh, we need to be all electric by 2035 and this and that. And then you hear, well, in order to have a fleet of 30 big rigs that are battery operated, about, you need more power to charge them than you actually do the entire facility that they're parked at. How about take care of your streets and your road infrastructure and the homeless problem and the, the vets who aren't getting taken care of and all the other myriad of disasters you've got that you want to blame it on somebody else? Or take that money. We just need more taxes. Take that money, energy, and time 
and hop on a boat or a plane, fly to the other side of the world and convince some of these other third worlds just to implement the stuff that we already had in the past that has already showed a little bit of a change because overall we're like the size of a fucking postage stamp compared China to China and of India, the world. you need to be on the same page as at least us, and then you'll start seeing some real impact. Well, that's what I was saying. Oh, wait. We're all going to be throwing nuclear weapons at us each other in about two years. Well, that's like we more. were saying back when uh, we had People the BP matter. oil spill during Obama administration. Remember that? Mm-hmm. The oil rig spill? So was what? That, oh, yeah, uh, they made a movie about it. It was the one in the Gulf. Was that BP? Yeah. So, I want to say Event Horizon, but that's another movie. So you had the BP it, yeah. oil rig spill. Yep. And to make the environmentalist happy, Obama pulled all the ocean drilling permits for American-based companies. Wait, 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 Don. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm a, just a dumb, dumb electrician over here. Mm-hmm. But it was an environmental disaster with stuff that was pulled out of the soil that went into the water. Yeah, we, we don't talk about that. But what we also don't talk about so is... So there's dead dinosaurs in the water now. But what we also don't talk about is maybe second only Germany or freaking Holland when it comes to environmental standards. We had our president pull all ocean drilling permits for platforms at that time in international waters. Weird how that works. Except? For American companies. And so what happened? Two countries, i.e. China and Russia, who have no environmental policies, start digging in the same place. So would you rather have... You know, I would say not in my backyard, but... but would you rather have a American-based company that has to follow all these environmental standards Absolutely. drill or the people who are like the drunken neighbors with the hot tub on the front lawn who park and leave beer cans all over your neighborhood drilling in the same area because we've decided we're not allowed to? It's like... But it, what it seems like for a decade now is, well, everybody is quite literally cutting off their own noses to spite their own face. Let's lighten things up. Get away from the divisive conversations like... Environmentalism and Obama and divisiveness, everything else. Mike, you're awful quiet today. Yes, we're gonna head. We'll get the mic here in a second, but so you can join in on this conversation. We're gonna head over to PeopleMagazine.com. Oh yay! High entertainment there. Spanish woman, fifty, emerges from cave after five hundred days alone underground. Didn't want to come out. What the fuck? Now this did is not. Dave, a, did Dave come out with her? This is not a Japanese survivor from World War II <laughs> who refused to give it up. This Sorry. wasn't where Dave the Waterman's been hiding for three years. <laughs> this woman actually had a project and a purpose. Maybe this woman was Dave. <laughs> no, because this woman actually had a project and a purpose. Uh, Beatriz Flanimi, a Madrid. Uh, sorry, of Madrid began living 230 feet below ground in November 2021 as a project called Time Cave. That sounds like a horrible beef lick. The Spanish athlete who emerged from underground cave after 500 days of isolation. Beatriz, 50 years old, of Madrid, entered the cave in southern Spain on Saturday, November 20th, 2021. Can I stop you right there? Yeah. Did she have any GoPros or other cameras on her? Yeah, of course. All right. Just making sure that she wasn't a total lunatic. And when better to go into a cave for 500 days than in the middle of a pandemic where people are trying to close things down. So good timing. Oh, fuck. All my batteries are dead and I'm out of cards. According to the Associated Press and Reuters, she finally exited the cave with about, I'm sorry, she finally exited the cave, which was about 70 meters, 230 feet for us Americans, underground around 9 a.m. local time on Friday, the AP reported. Um, uh, 
Flamini said she passed the time by exercising, reading books, drawing, painting, and knitting, per the reports. Quote, in fact, I didn't want to come out, she said. Fl- I knitted myself a whole hammock. Flamini, who was 48 years old when she first entered the cave and, uh, Entered the cave, according to the BBC and Reuters. During the experiment, Flamini was monitored by physicians, researchers, and specialists who studied the cave. I'm sorry, who studied the cave, though they never made contact with her via the report. So they had like you know probably Fitbits on her, heart rate monitors, this that, and they visually well, kept an eye on her, make sure she wasn't starving to death or going loony. Well, and that the the last word you said there, I think, would be the most important test is the psychological state and how it progressed or regressed as the days gone went on because there is something about isolation and how it affects the human psyche we've seen people on alone who actually get you know they interact with medics at least once every two weeks for physical exams lose their shit after 90 days in the woods by themselves could you imagine being in a cave for 500 days Flamini said she lost track of time after about two months, according to the AP and the BBC. However, the uh, the mountaineer, however, the mountaineer thought she only had been underground for about 160 to 170 days. "Quote: When they came in to get me, I was asleep. I thought something had happened," she told the reporters. "I said already? Surely not. I haven't finished my book. How big is this fucking book? It's been 500 days." She's read it 20 times, but only thought she read it half a one. Flamini's 500-day adventure was part of a project called Time Cave, according to the AP. Boy, they're plugging the shit out of everybody on here. The goal was to <laughs> the goal was to assess how humans would handle living underground for long stretches of time. As part of the experiments, experts examined the impacts of social isolation and extraordinary temperature disorientation on the human body. Per the BBC, let's get another plug in there. I'm still stuck on November 21st, 2021, she told the reporters on Friday. I don't know anything about the world. Flamini may have set a world record, too. Her team believes she is the record. She holds the record for surviving the longest time while underground, though the Guinness Book Records has yet to confirm. Fun fact about the Guinness Book of Records, when you do things, you got to pay to fly them out from across the pond to monitor it and make a judgment. You can't just call them up and say, hey, here's what we did. Yep, that shit ain't free. I'm sorry. Hold, talk for a second, Gordon. <coughs> no, I think he said cough for a second. <laughs> no, I, some, I, they're looking for the car keys. They're probably still in the car because, you know, keyless remotes. The extreme athlete also experienced an auditorial car's hallucin- gone. What's that? Car is gone. Yeah, it's a rental. Flamini said she never considered pressing the panic button when she was given, unlike this people on alone, according to Reuters. She even she even pressed on through a fly invasion, which left her covered in covered by bugs. The extreme athletes also experienced auditorial hallucinations while in the cave. Per BBC reports, this she, is my mental status right now. She went through a fly infestation that left her covered in spiders. Yeah, she needed assistance standing up while speaking with reporters because of uh, balance issues. Still, Flamini was thrilled by her experience, which she has called excellent and unbeatable, according to the AP on the BBC. Quote, you have to remain conscious of your feelings. And if you're afraid that's something natural, I'm sorry, if you're afraid that's something natural, but never let the panic in or you'll be paralyzed. I, they said she's an athlete, which I wholeheartedly believe, but I wouldn't be surprised to find out she's an ultra marathon runner. Was an athlete. Yeah. Um, now she's probably emaciated and hi baby. 
suffering from yeah, uh, I, uh, muscle loss. And for those at home, it's not plugs we're Atrophy. giving. You actually have to cite your sources a little bit. So. I know, but usually they say it once, not every second paragraph. Well, yeah. I'm just wondering if this chick's an ultra marathon runner. I'll have to look into that. So what's been going on in your neck of the world, Mr. Mike? Uh, uh some sad news. My, I had a family member pass away a couple weeks ago. Sorry to hear about that. Um, been dealing with that. You know, nonsense with work, typical bullshit. Uh, I didn't get written up. <laughs> unlike your. Mm. Wonderful brother. Older brother. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll just move on from that. I'm, I'm beyond it now. <laughs> um, Too much has been said. I've been... God, what have I been doing? Last couple of days, I've been doing some serious house cleaning. And I mean, like, like my garage, my work truck, everything. I've just been... I don't know. I've had a fire on oh, my you Spring cleaning? It. Something. I don't know. Are you pregnant? You nesting? Yes. I guess so. Um, I finally bought today, which should be here Friday or Saturday, the thermostat for the boat motor. Nice. So that should be back up and running. Now, we know that the normal thermostat for 1991 Chevy S10 was about $3.50. What is a, uh, what is a, a thermostat motor for an outboard motor cost? A thermostat for an outboard motor cost one Ooh, these days? 80 bucks. That's a little steep. Those damn springs yeah, are getting expensive. Yeah. Zoe, come here. It doesn't help. I mean, the motor's from 2006. So, I mean, you would think it would be a little cheaper. It should have went on eBay Auto. <laughs> everything's expensive. That's yeah. the problem, though. You can't even that... get a damn Mountain Dew for less than three bucks these days. Yeah. That's Back the in problem, my day. Though, is, is that it's a Suzuki motor. Mm-hmm. And every everybody that um, is a... Uh, retailer for their parts or anything like that they have to be like certified through suzuki and all this shit so you can only get parts from certain vendors which sucks because then they jack up the fucking price on you yeah i got the type clamp on that supply like i I can't like ac companies look i understand that you're not gonna sell freon to the general public but if I need a that's blower... That's illegal to do, but yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I understand you can't sell Freon to the general public, but if the goddamn three-phase blower motor engine and my freaking air handler in my garage, one of the phases burnt out... You just said blower motor engine. Well, mm. the blower motor for my air handler in my garage, one of the phases oh, burns hurt. out, I should be able to go out and get one of my own. You can't. You're, uh, not, you're not in But the, the motor? I have a three-phase motor in my air handler. That's pushes the air through my house so you high have a speed three phase motor on a 240 volt single phase panel i don't know all i know is it has three speeds and the highest speed went out so like on my coldest day it's not quite as the air is not moving as well as it should because you have to get the marked up version and you can't just because it's an air conditioning part yeah but there's no freon running through yeah it. you gotta go to a supply house but you can't because you're not an air conditioning company that's my whole point what do you know so, a plumber yeah <sighs> I don't know. If he he's not he's, he, he You can, know anybody in the trades? I used to could. Hmm. Yeah. I, I went to a supply house. There's guys. a there's a famous supply house that you may know of called Ferguson's. Actually, <gasps> that I can walk into off the street anyway. It doesn't matter any old. You know what? I I think I may be. Tom, lying Dick, about and that. Harry can go there, so you may want to try a Ferguson's. I think yeah. I might be lying about that. I think I actually looked. Air handler motor. I bet you can order it on Granger. 
Air handler motor. Probably. Home Depot supply. That's Possibly a squirrel cage. Linux. Train. Oh, no. I have can, a... Okay, I was wrong. I do apologize. You can get air handler motors on Amazon. Look at you. Look I bet you, you could sir. order it on. Uh, I bet you could order on a Walmart.com because you can order ASCO transfer switches and full generators there too. You can get goddamn laptop motherboards on Walmart's website. It's the weirdest shit ever. Mm-hmm. There's always a way. I remember the first time I actually went on Walmart's website and I found ICP shit on there. That shit a prick. Hello? What kind of ICP? Keep talking real quick. Keep talking real quick. Real, real quick or real, real slow. Gordon, welcome to the What's in Your Head podcast. How are you doing tonight? Um, I have nothing in my head. I was just <laughs> trying I to see. I have something in my head? Huh? I was just trying to see if there's more insanity going on in the background before the mics picked it up. Uh, it's because he said ICP and it keyed him onto the, the for insanity. Speaking of music. Music? Music? Was ICP music? Sure. Hey, now, fella. Mike Clark would take offense to that fucking message. He certainly would. Well, well, I don't know I don't who know. Mike Clark is. I don't, know about the, I don't know about these days. I, I, I don't think they like each other anymore. No, but the old school Mike Clark. Apparently the young kids are getting back Bring into, <laughs> you know, as we know, style and music goes full circle. Apparently youngins are getting back into ironically named new music because it's 30 years old now. Now is this N-U with a U? Yeah. No umlaut, though. No line? Maybe the people over at loudersound.com didn't have a German keyboard. The Beginner's Guide to New Metal and Five Essential oh, Albums. So apparently... What, what? Hold on, before you read the list. What I was going to say, metal? let me guess. Okay, yeah. But apparently, I didn't read the whole story, but if you're writing this <laughs> article, course. if you're writing this article, that means somebody is needing, they're, you know, guided down the new metal path because apparently, you know, kids are listening to this again. New metal was a small category, so you should be able to get these bands. Go ahead, Mike. Corn. Okay, Slip continue. Not. Slipknot. Okay. Um, shit. Gordon. Lincoln Death Park Death. is probably on there. Mm-hmm. Some other new metal bands. That's three. Rammstein. No, I think they're more industrial-ish. Yeah, yeah. I guess Industrial uh, techno. Disturbed? Well, yeah. Disturbed. There's only five essential albums. The title is Beginner's Guide to New Metal and Five Essential Albums. I think you named five groups already, didn't you? No. I named four. Okay. I threw a couple in there, but... What are they, Don? How close were we? The Brief History of New Metal, courtesy of five albums that have it's defined so the brief. genre... Love it or hate it, you can't ignore it. New metal was a genre that was brought heavy metal music to a whole new generation of fans, dominating the mainstream in the way to I'm sorry, dominating the mainstream in a way no alternative genre had before or ever since. Limp Bizkit. Be Papa it, Roach. Be it Hybrid Theory becoming the biggest selling debut album of the twenty first century, or Fred Durst doing his inexplicable collabs with Christina Aguilera. New metal helped rock music become the mainstream phenomenon come through in the sense, I'm sorry. New metal helped rock music become a mainstream phenomenon come the term of the century, bringing us some classic albums, generational rock club, dance floor filters, and a host of kooky and colorful characters in the process. Number one on the list, 1994 debut album. I became aware of this at media play when they actually let you listen to CDs. This little song called Clown. 
Clown, you ain't shit. Turn around, get your face wet. Corn. While the righteous groove of a hip-hop indebted thrust of Rage Against the Machine and the genre smashing boundaries, smashing genius of Faith No More were hugely influential on the crafting of new metal's DNA, the ground zero for the genre remains right here on October 11th, 1994 with the release of Korn's seminal incendiary debut album. Be it the grateful rumbling riffs of Head or Monkey, Fieldy plucking bass strings so loose that he could use them as a shoelace on a uh, as a shoelace or the raw pain growls of Jonathan Davis. Musically, it was jarring, shot in the arm for a metal scene still finding its way through the '90s. Lyrically, it brought in inspir- inspiration, canon new bent to a wor- world usually concerned with phantasmism, uh, escapism, and bug-eyed macho pursuits. Um, metal would never be the same again in corn status as godfathers of a whole new movement. That was a great album. Yeah. That had the world's saddest fucking. You played the shit out of that album. I played the shit out of that. I had the Adidas warm up pants. I had the shell toes. I still have all my Adidas gear. Their first self titled album, Life is Peachy. Um, what was it? Uh, Life is Peachy. And then, um, Follow the leader. Follow the leader. Yep. And that's when I pretty much stopped listening. And then I think after that, it was issues. Fun fact. I saw the second person on this list open for a corn at a band called the Al Rosa Villa where Dimebag Daryl got shot for those of you in Southwest Florida, which was about the size of the Buddha. So if you can imagine seeing corn in this next band playing at the Buddha before anybody knew who the hell they were. A $12 ticket. Number two on the list, self uh, their debut album in 1999, Significant Other, Limp Biscuit. You know, in high school, we used to call the Alrosa Villa the Alposa, Alposa Villa. Villa. Yep, because that's for the place for has-beens and has-nots. You're either a startup band or somebody on the way down, which is the saddest yep. part about Dimebag being shot there. Yep. Chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water. If you don't get that reference, good for yeah. you. Might have turned Limp Biscuit into the biggest band on the planet, but 1999's Significant Other was the record that confirmed that as new metal's next major force. Roping in Terry Date of Roping in Terry Date to give Biscuit's sound a stadium level overhaul, the Floridian's classic second album gave us two obnoxious all-time anthems, Nookie and Break Stuff. I preferably like their I personally like their first album better, but the second album was good as well. Dollar bill, y'all. Yep, kicking down the door for us, quote unquote, new normies to be em- to embrace heavy music in the way that, in a way that even the Black Album hadn't managed. That's a reference to Metallica. I think a lot album. of us just referred to that as sellout metal. Yep, Tra- sellout. Thrash. Traditional metal fans were horrified at seeing the scene co-opted by baseball cap donning jock. Sometimes frontman Fred Durst was similarly fucking unimpressed. Fucking frat boys. Look at all these fucking frat boys. But it was too late. New metal had officially broken into the mainstream, and it was Durst who had elected was the elected figurehead that prof- profoundly, I'm sorry, that personified the genre's cartoonish final form. Well, that and their guitarist uh, West was off the West Borland. He's a kook. He's the one that wears all the weird masks and shit. Yeah, yep. his solo albums were freaking goofy as hell. Back to some more harder metal. Number three on the list, Slipknot, 1999. 
Just one week after Limp Bizkit brought fun facts and frolics to new metal music like never seen before, the nine-piece mask metal band from Des Moines, Iowa, who would bring its back, who would bring it back to the dark roots with Savagery Heavy album that turned the game on its yeah, head. They're just guar wannabes. Actually, fun fact. I don't want to make anybody mad. Sure you do. Back in the day when I was still working at Horton, back in 2000, sweet. back in 2000, Bill Ambulances and Slipknot was relatively new because their debut album came out in 1999. There was a band that was from Cleveland that had been around a lot longer, had a very similar sound and also wore makeup and mask, who legend has it, and I actually confirmed this working in radio down here that other people heard the same story. A little band called Mushroom Head was mm-hmm. selling out all their shows in Cleveland and throughout the country, selling out their all their albums, <laughs> and they had no label. They had no A&R. So this meant 100% of the monies from their album sales and their ticket sales went directly into their pocket. So anytime a record label or an A&R came their way to try to sign them to the deal, they didn't like the cut and realized they'd actually be losing money, and so they mm-hmm. turned it down. And so that's when the record labels went out and looked for a, a comparable piece and came across Slipknot. Now, if you believe that or not, I don't know, but that's what I heard in 1999 and confirmed again in around 2010 working in radio that, yes. Was that, uh, a, was that a radio-friendly way of just calling themselves dickhead? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Mushroom Head is a lot harder than Slipknot. Not the type of music that I would bump around in my car. Either is Mushroom, uh, Slipknot, for that matter. But I will say I saw them in concert at Newport Music Hall, and it was without a doubt one of the most badass stage shows I had ever seen. And I've talked to other people who've seen Mushroom Head, and they would confirm. Real quick, just to go down the list, 2000 Deftones. They give credit to White Pony. Once again, their debut album was way better, the one with the booger sucker on the front. Uh, much like Slipknot, uh, to try to snugly crowbar Deftones into new metal does, not, does them a disservice, but the fact is their chunky uh Catchy riffs and the sense of grooves made them strike an immediate chord with many of the same fans, especially the first album. The first album was very similar to the first album of Limp Biscuit. And if you had the first Limp Biscuit album and you had that corn album, you were in fact rocking the Death Two albums. Somehow Linkin Park fits into this category. I never really considered Linkin Park new music. New metal? Yeah, new metal. They didn't have that same sound as, you know, Deftones, as Corn. Maybe They're the popular version of it. I I think it I I think it honestly was more of like the genre bending type of shit. Yeah, it says where corn were the new metal's introverts and Deftones were the critical cynical darlings. Linkin Park was the ba- was the band that became the scene single biggest and most impactful graduates. Um, that states uh, that stats around hybrid theory or dazzling three million copies sold. Uh, literal billions of streams on its of its names in the big era. Musically, the album remains the perfect ten, a seamless thirty-eight minute hook riddled, anth- uh, anthemic millennial metal banger. I did lo- I I did wear the hell out of the first Linkin Park album. It's just I don't know. It's just weird to find them in that new metal category. But apparently they were because Mike listed just about every single one of them. Were so- you new metal, Mike? That's my, his new name. That's his new moniker. New, new metal, metal Mike. Mike. <laughs> my my brother was, and because my brother was, my brother's eight years older than I am. I, you know, wanted to be like my brother, so it was a lot of just following in his footsteps and 
Mudvayne, Slipknot, Corn, Lincoln Park, mm-hmm. Disturbed, and you know all that shit. So, well, all that stuff was like right in my time in high school, and pop yeah, culture wise, out of high school by then, top forty radio music and top forty radio hip hop was garbage, with the exception of like Biggie and Notorious B.I.G. I mean, Biggie and Tupac, but the rest of it yeah. was just garbage. And so, at the time, I was listening to ICP, still listening to Dead Milkman. Listening to Pig Face, Skinny Puppy, Ministry, and then those groups. That was my influence. And <laughs> at that time, I ha- I wasn't in a band yet, but I was spending a lot of time at the aforementioned Al Rosa Villa seeing my friend's band Ground War, who ironically, Nick and his brother Pat now host one of the biggest true crimes podcasts in the world called True Crime Garage. So if you guys listen to True Crime Garage, I actually went to high school with both those cats. Um and so I spent a lot of time there, and as you can imagine, as Limp Biscuit, Corn, Lincoln Park, and all those guys were hitting it big, there were a lot of up-and-coming garage bands that were trying to replicate that sound. And so when you went to a live, nice thing about Al Roosevelt, you can go see a band on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and they were usually all-ages shows. So you're in high school, that's the place to go. And so you just saw and heard a lot of that music. And so it was very prevalent and uh, did a lot of skateboarding and that's to corn and Deftones and all that. So it was right up our, our alley. But you know who isn't new metal? Taylor Swift. No, sir. What? Yeah. I mean, I thought they were all kind of the same. No. Nope. Everybody went bananas this past, what was it, week or two at one of her concerts or some shit. Everybody. Up in Tampa? Was it one here in Vegas or was yep. it one in Tampa? Well, you know who wasn't down for the cause? Who's that? Drivers. Dateline, Tampa, Florida. Mm. One of the bi- one of the three biggest nights for Tampa Bay rideshare drivers. Oh, they didn't get their surge pricing, did they? In a while, thanks to ta- uh, Taylor Swift, Uber drivers are turning off their ignitions and closing off their Uber signs and their driver apps. Quote, we're the ones doing the driving. And then they turn on the lift sign right below it. Quote, we're, we're the ones doing the driving, said Lewis. We're the ones here late at night, busting our butts. How are we getting, how, I'm sorry, how are you getting more than us? Lewis has been driving for Uber for nine years and says Uber is taking more and more of his paycheck. If you do, if you do ride share to Sarasota, they're giving you $19 up to $38, he explained. We used to get $90 to $80. So he organized a strike. More than 100 rideshare drivers, that means Lyft, Uber, all of the above. The funniest thing in the world I can ever imagine, a bunch of 1099 employees striking. <laughs> rideshare drivers. Basically, you're, you're striking against yourself. Gathered in a waiting lot near Tampa International Airport, about two miles from the Taylor Swift and Ray, at Raymond James Stadium, and they all refused to do any pickups. It affected me financially, he said. And it affects me at home with my family. You know, I spend a lot more time here than I used to at home. Um, in a statement from, from in a statement to eight on your site, Uber said, "You get no trades." Yep. People. Uber said, "Earning drivers on our platform remain. I'm sorry, earning for drivers on our platform remain high." Said a representative from Uber, with the average driver in Tampa Bay making twenty five dollars an hour while active on the app. 
We're also investing in incentives to help increase the number of drivers on the road this weekend to meet the anticipated high demand. All drivers receive a fair and uh, sorry fair rate um, up front before they accept the trip. Actually, it needs to be fair and equitable. Uh, fair. I'm sorry. All drivers receive the fare and destination information up front. Before, no, they don't. I was an Uber driver during the pandemic. Here's how it works. It pops up, says, here's this person. This job pays 15 bucks. You got 30, you got like 10 seconds to grab it, and they don't tell you where you're taking the fucking person. When I first started Fuck, driving. I got to drive 30 miles? When I first started driving for Uber during the pandemic, no one was driving. So I think the first night I did, I did three Four trips from downtown Fort Myers to Bar Run, dropping drunk people off. I made $100. I said, shit. Spend $15 in gas, made fucking $100 in two hours. This might be worth a little time to do on the, on the backside, you know, when I'm not driving computers. And then the introductory rates ended. And so then um, some days when I was working for at computers and things were slow, I would turn on my, my app and do driving. One time I was down in Northport doing some computer work. Job's done. Now I got a 45-minute drive home in a V8 truck. Turned on my app. Worked out perfectly. Picked up a woman in Port Charlotte who needed to be dropped off Burnt Store Road. Shit, that's my direction. Heading that way anyhow. Got paid fucking $38 for going where I was already going. Long story short, as Gordon said, the last time I did Uber job, I did six trips and made $30 and said, fuck this shit. I spent 15 on gas and did all these trips and only made 38 bucks because all the incentive was going away because the pandemic was over. And then they've got a bunch of drivers and then they're upping their fees. It's, yeah, it's all and bad. here's the problem. One night. It happens in every industry. Once it first comes in, it's a moneymaker. But to them saying down. that you get all the information up front is bullshit because they don't give you the destination because they don't want you to deny it. One night, I, oh, here's a pickup on Fort Myers Beach. Cool. They're probably going to. Fort Myers or Cape Coral? I'm going to pick them up. It was the drunk son of a very prominent lawyer who has his entire family in local commercials who lived in South fucking Naples at 2 in the morning. Yes, I got paid to drive his ass to 45 minutes down there. But at 2 in the morning, at 2 in the morning, how many return trips do you think I got to drive back to Cape Coral? None. Like an egg. So after round trip, I basically made... $10 after gas and time. And then another night they had, Hey, pick up three people in this area, make an extra $15 or $20, whatever it was. The area was in the bad side of town. That's fine. I'll go over there. Did two. Okay. In that area, third job came in Fort Myers beach. I said, no, I want to pick up in this area. I got to get my third one hit. No, they restarted my cycle. I lost credit for the previous two jobs. I said no to Fort Myers Beach because I didn't want to have to go drive up somebody to fucking Bonita Springs. I want to stay in that area to do the driving. Picked up somebody one night at, uh, you know, the, the real shitty bar, LJ's or whatever, out in North Fort Myers. Picked up some people there, drunk as shit. They lived in San Carlos Park. Why you would drive, take an Uber 45 minutes to go to the world's worst country dive bar and the ass crack of North Fort Myers where even people around here don't want to go, I will never know. <laughs> but as you can imagine, I lost my ass on that one too. So I just, I just turned, I haven't driven since. It's been, every, but like this guy's saying, you know, Uber saying, oh, we still pay, really? 
I'll, I'll tell you who's not getting paid because every time I turn on YouTube, Pandora, or freaking uh, Spotify, guess whose commercials I'm getting hit over the head with? Become a DoorDash driver. Clearly, they're hurting on drivers because they are spending an enormous amount of money on advertising. I literally cannot turn on YouTube, Pandora, or even Spotify without getting smacked over the head with Katina's a freaking... Katina's tried DoorDashing in its garbage. DoorDash commercial. Yeah, so there's that too. But anyhow, Gordon, you about ready for the... Actually, Mike, do you have anything on your list before we get the news? Uh, didn't really do too much prep for this show, so... Yeah, me neither, but uh, I still pulled it out of my ass. Nah, Don we're professionals f- here. filled most of the time, so we're good. <laughs> well, not yet. You got to do your news. I said most of the time. My news is short. Charlotte North Kakalaki. Forget the stinger. No, stinger's gone anyhow. A 13-year-old boy. Well, he had to be freed from a claw machine after he climbed inside. Cool. Why did you climb inside? How did he climb inside? More effective. Com- well, how skinny we'll, is this fella? Climbed inside hoping to, well, score a prize, according to the an official at the North Carolina Amusement Park. Carowinds officials were alerted just before 2 p.m. on Sunday that the boy was inside the Cosmic XL bus bonus game, which contained plush prizes, according to Courtney M. McGarry Webber, a spokesperson for the park south of Charlotte. That is a mouthful of name. The medical response team unlocked the machine, and then the boy was able to get out, she said. He was treated and released from the first aid to his guardian, and then after that, you know what prize the boy won? That was weird. What prize did he win for getting himself? Sorry, the coffee fell over, landed on the other keyboard, and then knocked the OBS off of our Zoom. Now we know what's really going on with this board. Yeah, so anyhow, go ahead. Well, the prize he won was, well, being banned from the park for one year for attempted (gasps) theft. Good. Oh, no. How did he get into the damn machine, though? Yeah, that's a tiny door. (laughs) Tiny kid. Something tells me there was something unlocked. And how much money would you spend if you were a young bully in the area wanting to fucking harass that kid with the claw? Ow, stop! Ow, stop! Trying to grab his hat. Hey, stop! I would have spent a good $10 trying to harass that kid. Something, bitch. Anchorage, Alaska. Also coming in from the AP. There was a weird sight in the sky. Super There's some pictures of it out there. Northern Lights enthusiasts enthusiasts got a surprise mixed... In with the green bands of light that were dancing. I in saw this. A little. What was it? You may ask. There's a light baby blue spiral resembling a galaxy <laughs> that appeared amid the aurora for a few minutes. It looked like God removed the plug from his bathtub and was draining his t- <laughs> draining the water out. <laughs> Instead of God, it was Elon Musk. <laughs> Some think he's an alien. Um, maybe that's what the gods actually were. Were the aliens? The cause early Sunday, the cause early Sunday morning was a little more than mundane than an alien invasion, or was it, or, or an appearance of a portal to the far reaches of the universe? Ooh, a little wormhole theory. Mm-hmm. It was simply excess fuel being released from SpaceX rocket that launched from California three hours earlier. I have got the opportunity here in Las Vegas to see one go up from California and do this little flippy do, and it is really cool looking. I think the cooler sure part would Florida, be watching them land. They, uh, well, it's just 
they do something so different from all the other rockets. When, you know, because they do land and they do that, that, you know, they say, what did he say? It's equivalent of launching a pencil over the Empire State Building and getting it to land on its eraser. But um, yeah. it's really cool stuff. So sometimes rockets have fuel that need to be jettisoned, according to uh, space physicist Don Hampton, uh, who uh, is a research associate professor at the University of Alaska Fairbanks Geophysical Institute, because why? You need a few more words. Because why? Because anywhere man goes, so does the pollution. <laughs> we pollute our rivers, we pollute our planet, we're going to dump fuel into space, go along with all the other trash we have floating around with so, all the burnt-out satellites. So what happens is when they're that high in altitude, the fuel turns into ice. And if it happens to be in sunlight where you're in the darkness on the ground, you'll see some sort of big cloud. And sometimes it's a little swirly. Yeah, that's a pretty cool photo. Yes, it was. I think he may have had some swirlies as a kid, so mm -hmm. he's going to... Gotcha. Then there's coming out of Florida. Kind of an interesting story. Actually, it's a town you're familiar with. Ooh. Real familiar with. Fort Myers. That's Mike's hometown. Hey. A convicted felon in Florida who appeared on social media post holding a handgun was sentenced to two and a half years in federal prison. One Terry Christopher Flurney, 23, was sentenced to Friday in Fort Myers Federal Court, according to the court records. He pled guilty in December to illegally possessing a firearm. Fort Myers police officers arrested Flurney in April 2020, ooh, right after the pandemic began. And... An act on an active arrest warrant. Oh, ad. Um, after he posted a video on Instagram, because why people are stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, the same day, prosecutor said Flurney posted another video on social media of himself pointing what appeared to be a Glock pistol at the camera. During Flurney's arrest, because you know, by God, you're going to kill. A so, camera. for those of you playing along at home, he didn't get arrested for posting a picture of himself with a firearm. He was a felon. He, he was, was a known a felon fire. that the cops have a tendency to track social media pages of known felons and people who have a long rap sheet, possibly people they're looking for, and use that as evidence. Kind of like, excuse me, sir, you're a seatbelt son. Ooh, do I smell marijuana? Get out of the car. Oh, look, I found crack. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. It's a digital, yeah, so digital version of probable cause. Stupid people do stupid things. And win stupid and prizes. Win stupid prizes. And then I think I've got one more quickie here. Oh, shit. La-da-da, uh, la-da-da, la-da-da. We already talked about that. And, uh, yeah, here you go. Where's yeah. to go? Sorry. I'm all over the place. I got that one, I got that one, I got that one. Well, I guess that was it. All right. I have... Littlest Intruder coming on also off of AP's oddities. That's my name for my penis. Littlest Intruder. Littlest Intruder. Never know Big he's intruder. there. Just sneaks up on you. Surprise. <laughs> Toddler crossed through now. Real this is quick, because I've already I've already crossed the line. <laughs> yeah, especially since Toddler you ever, story. You, you so. ever hear something on back in the day on Xbox that just sticks with you? <laughs> This is going to get us knocked off. Good thing we're at the end of the show. So Carrie and I used to play with this girl named Gal. And one day out of nowhere, she, not a dude, she, and I quote said, it's not rape if you yell surprise. 
And that has stuck with me ever since. <laughs> she yelled that? She said, it's not rape if you yell surprise. <laughs> well, a curious toddler on Tuesday earned the title of the one of the tiniest White House intruders after he squeezed through the metal fencing on the north side of the executive mansion. Better be careful, toddler, because that could be the end of you. U.S. Secret Service uniformed division officers who, uh, oh, they let them in. Uh, who, of course uh, they did. Look who the president is. He likes little kids. <laughs> I, got ice cream. I smell uh, it. I want to take a bath. Uh, you did hear about the, like his daughter's diary, right? The media covered it up, but his daughter like the problem. put out a book talking about how like, he had showers with her until she was like at an awkward age. Yeah. We're definitely getting knocked off YouTube tonight. Yep. U.S. Secret Service. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this kid got in. They got him out. And that is it for the news. I am done. Real quick, um, when I came in to do my show prep and everything fell apart, I was going to do a, a YouTube, or not even YouTube, but a binge-worthy show of the week. Um, if you're my age, even Gordon's age, you'll like it. It's called Yellow Jackets. It's on Showtime. Katina's been watching that, and um, I haven't. It's a mix between Alive, mm-hmm. Fi- Island of the Flies, or whatever that old movie was. With the Lord of the Flies. Lord, Lord of the, of the Flies. Flies. And um, Ozarks. It jumps yeah. between modern day time and 1996. The plot of the movie is there was a group of there's a girl. Wait, 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 isn't 1996 modern day time? No. Oh, Just like God. when we were in high school and Days and Confused came out, we're like, oh, this is 1970. Gordon, where were you in 1996? 1976. Three this is a long time ago. 1976. Well, that's what's cool about this movie. This takes place <laughs> my junior and senior year. So during all the throwback stuff, let me real quick. The whole theme of the, theme of the movie is, in 1996, this all-girls high school soccer team called the Yellow Jackets were going to state. One of the parents was a rich guy, had a private plane, much like a lie, the plane crashes in the middle of fucking nowhere, out in the mountains of New Hampshire or somewhere. And these, they don't reveal it until later, but they spend roughly about a year and a half living in a fucking, some cabin in the woods and some crazy shit. Go, and, but in the meantime, they're jumping to modern day, where now they're all 47, 48 years old, one of them's running for Senate, and all this, they start having flashbacks, and crazy, hijinks ensue, but it's a really cool show, but because it is a all-girl cast, and this is going to have a lot of young teenage girls, it's a whole lot of Tori Amos on this shit, so that's cool, hearing Tori Amos, a lot of the 1990s throwback music, Carrie had to, you, Tori Amos got down on that piano bench, yeah, she's a hell of a musician, I had a flashback, I had a trigger, Something I hadn't thought of since 1996. I just paused it because Carrie had to get a drink or something. I look up, and I saw the girl had a shirt with a soccer ball on it, but her hair was down. And I didn't focus. She had on a co-ed naked soccer shirt. I Made your day. I hadn't thought about co. You know, because back then it was Big Johnson or co-ed naked. That co-ed naked swimming team. Yeah, right before that, it was no fear. Yeah, they and each one had little slogans like um, I think that one was co-ed. Fear this. They had co-ed naked pool get felt on the table. You know, they had little sexual into window slogans, and so that oh, was just, that's all cancelable shit these days. It, it was just total flashback. Like, oh fuck, I had not thought about co-ed naked. And of course, I was googling at the show. Josh, it's work co-ed naked shirts, and of course, all the 
Yellow Jacket stuff popped up because clearly young cats were trying to Google it. But yeah, complete flashback. But it's, better they bought the rights to it. It's cool <laughs> to see, you know, see more and more '90s stuff in the in the movies. And so, if you Mom's guys have really big fucking Jenko jeans, don't come back. Yeah. So if you guys have uh, Paramount Plus or Showtime, just watch. Um, it's two seasons. We just got on started on episode one of season two. So uh, oh, that's right. They're all the same network. Check out Yellow Jackets. It's pretty good, especially if you're my age and you want to get a little throwback to when you're in high school. And what's crazy about that that movie? And I think there was another show I watched not too long ago. Well, Candy took place in the '80s. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, uh, yeah, eighty, eighty-one, yeah. It's funny thing about it now when we were younger watching Days of Confused or anything, you know, old old movies, you know, old uh, 70s stuff, 70s stuff, stuff, Up in Smoke, all the all that, you know, pot stuff. Oh, look at those bell bottoms. That's so long ago. And our parents are probably like, I don't I'm watching this show and like the clothing does not look weird to me. It's like, well, probably because I still dress the same way. And that let's be honest, the 90s really their clothing style uh, by 1996 and homogenized. It doesn't stand out like clothes from 1984, definitely. But it's still, you know, I'm Except sure... Except those goddamn high-waisted mom pants. Yeah, you know, I'm sure to the young kids it looks old-fashioned, but to me it's like, oh, yeah, that was yesterday. <laughs> so, it, But it's cool to hear the music and, and actually hey man, see... there's some people still out there rocking the docking. Well, and I heard this when I was working at Stan and Haney, um, more and more, and we're seeing this come to fruition now, more and more movies are going to take place pre the advent advent of the proliferation of cell phones and the internet because so many plots can be resolved by having a cell phone in your pocket. <laughs> Get kidnapped? Okay, I got find my phone. I got Life360. I got all this, you know. I'm at home. There's a serial killer. Okay, I got 38 ways to communicate with the cops. And so oh my more, God, they destroyed her phone. So All more right. and more of these movies are going to start taking place in the 70s, 80s, and 90s before technology could destroy the plot and make it easy to resolve. The music was, I hate to say, even with the, in the 80s, the music was just better back then. And if you have Freebie, I think it's on Freebie, uh, Wu-Tang, The American Tale, that is a good show. Especially if you like Wu-Tang Clan. If you really want to... Were you in a Wu-Tang mic? A little bit. I was going to ask you if you can name the original t- 10 first members. <laughs> I know it's... Uh, RZA, RZA. RZA, the Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, Ghostface Killer, um, You God, Master Killer. Uh, was, it, was it Method or Red? Method Man, who went yeah. on to act with Red Man later. Shit, hold on. <laughs> RZA, uh, no, the Jizza, Ghostface Killer, Method Man, Old Dirty Bastard, You God, Master Killer... Kappa Don and um, Raycon the Chef. <laughs> you want to talk about a long time before you make money. <laughs> when you're torn with a three three member band, it's hard enough making money off the bar. Could you imagine showing up to a bar wanting to get paid with ten fucking people in your band? The mighty mighty boss tones. Mm-hmm. Perfect example. But what's crazy and what you learn about this is I'm not. I think it was two of the two members who two guys who ended up being a member of this band were members of competing drug dealing groups, and one of them shot up the other one's house. So, like in eighteen, he's shooting up his house and was killing his brothers and his mom. And two years later, he's in a fucking band with him. 
Hey, bro, you forgive me. We're all good now, right? It's like, wow. And I don't want to say, I can't, they haven't gotten hey, to the, they haven't gotten to the part. There's nothing in, that brings people together better than music. They haven't gotten to the part in the series where they show who each one turns into be yet, where I'm watching it. So I don't want to speculate. I don't want to say it was a jizz or shot at you, you God, but um, because they haven't, obviously they're actors and you don't know who the hell they're, you, obviously you know who the, who old dirty bastard is, you know who RZA is and Method Man, but when it gets some of the, the you know, six through ten members, you're not quite sure who the actor's portraying yet, so I'm not sure which ones. But that's a that's a damn good series. And so, real quick, I finally learned, when I worked at Stan Haney, Mark always, whenever Wu-Tang came up, Mark always made fun of uh, old dirty bastard when he interrupted the Emmys talking about how Wu-Tang is for the children. Someone, um, someone won an award and kind of like Kanye West did to Taylor Swift 30 years later. Old Dirty Bass got up there and said, well, we should have won Wu-Tang's for the kids. And so the joke is now Wu-Tang's for the children. I found out why he did that. Through, four days prior to that award ceremony, Old Dirty Bastard was in his recording studio in Brooklyn. And there was a car accident out front where a Mustang rolled after being hit and pinned a five-year-old kid underneath it. And Old Dirty Bastard went out there and organized the spectators to lift the car up, not pull it out because you'll fuck the kid up, to lift the car out, got the kid out, and then Old Dirty Bastard, the kid didn't know, spent the next four days at the hospital with that kid to make sure he survived. And so that's why when he was at the music award for it, you know, drunk as hell, he interrupted and talking about how Wu-Tang is for the kids because he just spent four days at the hospital with a kid who got pinned underneath a Mustang and earned a car accident. Wow. So if you ever hear people make, oh, Wu-Tang's for the kids, and that's not saying it was right, but that's where his mind was. You know, I just spent four days, you know, taking care of a strange kid, and we can't even win this award. So that's where the whole Wu-Tang is for the children from Old Dirty Bastard, Big Baby Jesus, rest in peace. But that's going to do it for this episode of the What's In Your Head podcast. We want to thank each and every one of you for hanging out with us tonight through the crappy uh, audio. Hopefully you're go and download this on iTunes at whatsinyourhead.com, Google, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere uh, fine podcasts are found. But for myself, Gordon, and Mike, we will talk to you all next Wednesday. This has been a Digital 410 production. <laughs>